Welcome to episode 15 of The Grocery Guru with Andrew Grant. Andrew, how are you? Good morning, Darren. Yes, very, very well. Thank you. Good, good. All right. Well, this week we're going to get stuck in straight away because I know you and I had a debate um, earlier about purchase decision hierarchy. What the hell is it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the way customers decide what they're going to buy. Okay. And a lot of commentators have said it's no longer relevant in the world of um, Shopper Insight. When a club card swipe can tell you everything you want to know about your shopper, category management's dead, isn't it? Well, so it's also called customer decision hierarchy, consumer decision hierarchy. I like to call it Shopper Map because I think it gives you a map of how to shop something. And if you can't understand the map, you're not going to shop it or you're not going to buy less of it. Yeah, but a lot of people would say, you know, the minute you've got that club card or that loyalty data, you can see inside the basket, you can see what the shopper bought, with what, when, from which part of the store, how often, and how that links to his or her family situation. So why do you need to spend time at a flip chart working out what the customer decision hierarchy is? Because I think we need to know what decisions the shopper makes, both before and at the fixture. Well, let's do a little test, because I do believe that actually loyalty data is, um, as we kept going on about, it's the future and it can tell you a lot. But there's one thing it can't tell you. So, um, Darren, I take you like, you'd like a bit of wine? Uh, yes. I know you like to wine, but you do like uh, some wine, <laughs> yeah? I like wine, go on. <laughs> okay, so let's assume you are going on an essential journey to your local supermarket um, this afternoon. Cool. And you're going to shop. You're going to shop the wine aisle for the weekend. Yeah. Just do me a quick picture on a piece of paper of what you're going to buy. Okay. Right. Pen. Uh, yeah. Ready for a rubbish drawing? Oh God. I feel like I'm back in art class at school. Now this this is what we buy as a treat, and I realised only six months ago I've been saying it wrong for twenty years. <laughs> What, leave for our milsh? <laughs> right. Black towel. Okay. Right, that's interesting. You've drawn a bottle of wine. Yes. So you're not in the market for a box of wine or one of those little miniatures that you used to be able to get on a train? Uh, not if I'm going this afternoon because it's Friday. No, for the family, because the kids now drink wine as well. Kids, they're 20 and so 17. You put, so this is, this is the bit where I think customer decision hierarchy is important because what a, what a club card or a loyalty data can't tell you is that subconscious decision. You decided before, almost without thinking about it, yep. I'm in the market for a bottle of wine, not a five-litre box of wine. Yep. You'd made okay. a subconscious decision. Okay. Um, it's the same with cars. If I asked you to draw the next car you want, you would probably draw a you know, um, a four-wheel drive SUV, okay. yeah, uh, because you've subconsciously said, well, I don't want a super mini, yeah. or I don't want an estate car. You know, you'd draw a saloon, you wouldn't draw an estate car, because subconsciously, I'm not in the market for an estate car. No, that's very true, that's very true. Now, here's the bit that winds me up, and I'm going to get on my high holes just for a moment. Shopping wine, I don't, can't see the data, but I would bet £5 of your money, Andrew, that... People buy a lot of promotions on wine because they look at the wine fixture, they can't understand the map, and they go, stop this, I'm going to the Gondra at the end because it's on offer, so it's probably quite good, and I'm going to grab that. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what people, you know, when, when people don't believe in category management and decision hierarchies, they often rubbish it by saying, well, people just shop on price. Yeah. And actually, you're right, the vast majority of people are very price conscious. Yes, but let's put it this way. So you just drew your nice bottle of Barolo, which, yeah. um, if my memory serves me right, is a very decent Italian red. It is. It's one of our favourite chefs. Okay. If Blue Nun is on offer in Tesco at £2.49 a bottle, are you going to buy that? Because it's dead cheap. Uh, no, because no. I probably got when I was 17, it was horrible. <laughs> okay. So price isn't important to you. Because if price was the sole decision, you would buy the Blue Nun at £2.49 bog off. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So price... the other bit that winds me up, why is it that when I go to a restaurant, it's so different? What, so much more expensive? No, 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 not expensive. The map. So I, I open the, the wine menu in the restaurant and I'm looking, the first thing I see is, uh, as we call it, pink, white or red or sparkling. Okay, so that sort of matches what's in the supermarket-ish. But the next decision we make is a bit about price because in a restaurant, you know, we're sort of 20 pounds to something much, much higher. And we're looking at the grape. The kids quite like a Merlot. We don't yeah. understand that much about wine, but they quite like a Merlot. We like a Shiraz. That's how we're shopping. So why is it? It's all laid out by countries in the supermarket. Well, absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, there's lots and lots in there. And, uh, you know, we're all probably already burnt three quarters of our time. Because <laughs> um, when we do this with clients, we spend, what, a good morning uh, at least um, doing this because there are some fascinating insights that come out but you know just talking about the the restaurant experience you've already decided the occasion yeah you know you're not going to order a five litre box of wine because it's a restaurant occasion or I hope you don't um, so occasion is probably the number one factor when deciding on a bottle of wine because you're not going to check and I don't want to denigrate any retailers here but you're not going to take the cheapest bottle of uh, Fred Bloggs discount stores red to your mum's 70th birthday party. Of course. Of course. Occasion is important. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. So occasion drives a lot of it. Then, as we've just said, it's not price. With wine, it's actually colour. Yes. Because if you like red wine, are you really going to get tempted to buy rosé or, or white? No, no. Well, I did on occasion, maybe. Yeah. So... Um, I I'm looking at the first three decisions we make in any category, and I would guess with wine, it's colour first, probably price is somewhere in there, and then there's something about grape. Uh, I think it's occasion, colour, and then it's grape or brand, actually. When you do the research, and I've, I've, bought, I've bought wine um, for a number of years, um, it is really interesting. Um, people think the grape variety is often the brand. Oh, okay. So they think... They think Chardonnay is a brand, as well as being an 80s footballer's wife, it's also in their head a brand, as is a Shiraz. And they often get confused and, and people with wine, um, and this is a UK thing because we, we were fairly late to the party drinking uh, house wine. Um, they go to a restaurant and they have a nice bottle of something that says Jacob's Creek. Yep. And they instantly on the shelves, they look for that sort of brand beacon that yeah. says, um, oh, Jacob's Creek, or oh, actually I had that nice Shiraz. So they get the brand and the grape mixed up. Um, unfortunately, some, some people out there also buy it because it's got a nice big cuddly fat penguin on the label. Yeah. I know you'd be surprised. If you look at the wine art, there's lots and lots of bottles <laughs> with nice colorful lizards on it, big fat penguins. 
Frenchman riding bicycles with a beret. It's because of a lot of people buy on, that's a nice bottle, that looks fun. Well, and, and that comes back to, it's, and I guess some wine buyers out there thinking we ought to be more educated, but I'm thinking they, they need to make it easier for us. Why am I presented by an aisle that's by country when I don't shop by country? I don't know why oh, well, that, yeah. from my, my Australian, I don't care. Well, again, that comes back to, you know, some of these ingrained habits. I mean, would you invent a category called frozen foods? <laughs> because you don't think I must have a frozen burger for dinner tonight. No, no, very expensive. I, I want a burger, and then you decide whether you want to have fresh or frozen or, or eat out or whatever. Yeah. The fact that it's just so expensive to put frozen food cabinets in a supermarket means they all have to be clustered together. Yeah. So you create this artificial category yeah. called frozen foods that people have just got used to shopping. And in wine, it was exactly the same thing. Um, back in the 60s or the 70s, uh, Sainsbury's actually, um, decided that the market, the UK market was ripe for drinking table wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they brought French table wine to the masses. Sainsbury's being Sainsbury's, um, as all good retailers, they said to the French wine board, um, if you want to sell lots of wine to us, it'd be really nice if you paid for the displays. So the French wine board at the time very kindly paid a whole load of money for Sainsbury's to set up um, a French section, a French wine section. And then, of course, when the Australians came along and said, good eye, mates, can we, um, can we sell you some of our wine? They said, well, yeah, but you're going to have to pay for the space. Right. So hence now in every supermarket, there's a French section, there's an Australian section, there's a Chilean section. Wow. Etc. It's a hangover from way, way back. And, and, and what I see when I look at the wine section, there's probably seven different maps from tiers to countries to colour to format. And then you've got the sort of the copy of the cheese, which isn't mature to mild, but is fruity and red or light and fizzy or whatever it is. And it just adds more complexity. And then they've started changing the bottle tops to match those colours and those varieties. And it, Oh, I've got so many like maps a, to look at, I can't understand it. Well, that comes down to the conundrum of category management. You're trying to please all the people all the time, because some people will want to buy their wine based on, I'm having Stilton for my dessert uh, course. Some people will hate sweet wine, so they want something very, very dry. Some people will only buy wine if it's won a gold medal somewhere, or if... Um, Heston Blumenthal says it's the very best thing to drink in the Saturday times. So what they're trying to do with that complexity that you see, they're trying to meet all the needs of everybody, which is why shells have to work so, so hard. They do, and I I think particularly for wine, bugbear of mine, I think they're trying to be a jack of all trades master. Now where, who does does category management perfectly? Final question before we have to go. Um, Who who does wine category management? Perfectly. Um, God. Don't know. They all do. It's when you go online. When you go online, um, yeah, yes. you can set the store out to, to Darren's personal preference. So I only want to see Italian reds in bottles. Yeah, true. And I only want to see Italian reds in bottles under eight pounds. And then you might do it by, you know, by um, body or sweetness or dryness or ones that have won medals. So you can set out the store, whether it's Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, whoever, 
to Darren's personal wine selection. Yeah, and the challenge with that is if my world of wine is this big, it's only ever going to be this big because it will struggle to go wider than that. And then we go back to where Sainsbury's was talking about sleep shopping some years ago where we just, let's order that, it comes, done. Okay, Andrew, we're out of time. What's the takeaway for our viewers before we go? Um, well, I wouldn't match wine with a takeaway unless it's a really good takeaway. Um, I think the takeaway is, yes, look, um, I always find them great fun. I mean, whenever we do this with clients, they love doing these decision trees. It's great, great fun getting a group of guys and girls around a flip chart and getting them to, um, you know, try and decide how they shop, but then how other shoppers shop. So it is still valid, even in this crazy electronic world of uh, loyalty and insight and data that we keep banging on about. Um, some of the old truths still um, still ring true. Very true. All right. Thank you, Andrew. And next week, I think we're going to talk about terminology and some of the crazy stuff we use in this industry that shoppers have no clue about. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. Until next okay. week, Andrew. Thank you.